Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. He's Chris Stanzial. I'm Eugene Rapay. And it is Thursday. It has finally come upon us. The Big East Tournament quarterfinal. It started for four other teams yesterday. But I guess you can say this is the real start date. At least for us Villanovans. Yeah, it it is a wonderful day to be alive. Big East Tournament, Thursday, weekend's coming up, Selection Sunday just around the corner. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Honestly, I'm going to sound like Jay Wright a little bit, but this is probably my favorite weekend. Big East Tournament weekend. This is not a hot take. I'm not trying to be I'm not kidding. So... If Villanova was in the uh, Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight, you you wouldn't say that's your favorite weekend. Well, I like it because it's, there's action every night. You know what I mean? All right. From that sense. Okay. But, of course, I like the bigger stage. Yes. Yes. But from a pure basketball standpoint, you got 10 teams, especially this year. It's going to be so highly contested. The games every night are going to be great leading up to that championship game on Saturday. Yes, it will be. Highly contested Big East tournament. I, I'd say that's the first time we can probably say that since realignment. We gave our predictions with Kim last episode, but even even now, like I, I'm still flip-flopping on mine. I mean, I know you're, during your Big East preview that you just put out for the bench mob, yours actually showed a little bit of variance from what you actually told Kim Adams. So it, it's just, it, it, this is a wide open field. Three things. Number one. Shout out to Kim Adams for joining us on Tuesday's show. We really appreciated her insight and analysis and breakdown on the Big East Tournament. And we got some good feedback. And who knows? Hopefully she comes back someday. But the listeners out there loved having her on. And we she was awesome. She was awesome to have on the show. So big shout out to her. Number two, I feel like we say it every year in that, oh, the Big East is getting more competitive. But I would say this is the first year where I can actually – Fully say that with confidence and buy into it wholly. Yeah. And number three, let me tell you about that preview. Pointing together that <laughs> giant guide. I love writing it. Every year it's the piece that I look forward to writing the most. Just mm-hmm. putting together the giant manifesto, as you called it last time. Yes, that's what I on the <laughs> Yeah, 2,000 words of gold. <laughs> Previewing all the, the different contenders and teams to watch out for. And also giving the predictions and forecast. I must have sat. The piece was probably done by 8. I, I planned on having it run at 8.30. I sat for an extra three hours going back and forth, changing how the final four of the Big East tournament was going to look. And I must have had six or seven different combinations before I settled on this. And I had one more. And I was like, nope, this is it. And then I thought to myself, I can totally see why Kim had a hard time deciding. It's so weird because, like, like you said, we, we, say, we do say it every year. Oh, the Big East is more competitive. Oh, this game is harder to pick than most. But – I feel like with years past, you at least kind of were leaning toward one way and you really didn't know. I mean, like you didn't know, but like you had a, you had an inkling, you you had a clear cut favorite. Like you knew it when the Vegas odds would come out, this team would have, it would be a certain point favorite. I was just telling you off there, this Marquette Seton Hall game today. I, I'm pretty sure it's an even line. Like it's a straight up pick them. Like how can you pick it? Providence Creighton, same deal. How you have one of the hottest teams in the league against a team that is one of the more talented in the conference and Butler and Villanova. I mean, I guess those are the only two that kind of, that you kind of are leaning toward, but still you don't, you just don't know. And it's crazy to think about. And it's going to get even more crazy next round. If Villanova plays Marquette because Marquette already beat Villanova 
and if in the next round you'll have Butler versus one of Creighton, who they haven't beaten all year, or Providence, who's, as I said before, the hottest team in the conference. Straight up, like, honestly, the way to pick it now, I honestly feel like is the best way is, is to flip a coin. That's how you pick. <laughs> yeah, that 4-5 game between Seton Hall and Marquette was definitely a hard one to pick. On one hand, like you said, you have the hot hand over at Marquette. They shoot the lights out. They have the best three-point percentage in the country. But then you also have Seton Hall, who has a guy like Angel Delgado, who's putting up crazy numbers and has the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> helping them with Desi Rodriguez, Angel Delgado. And then you got Kadeen Carrington, three guys who are averaging crazy scoring numbers. Honestly, you can see any one of, like, six teams win this tournament, and it wouldn't be outrageous. Like, it wouldn't be no. out of the question. No, it wouldn't. It, it, it absolutely wouldn't be. We brought it up last episode when Providence won as the sixth seed in 2014. We thought that was outrageous. Now the sixth seed's Creighton this year, and if they won, like you said, it would be like, okay, cool. Not, not that he expected it, but I mean, you're fine with it. Yeah, we had four different teams finish with a 10-8 and eight record in the Big East. It was a four-way tie with 10-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much throw the records out the window or the seeds out the window. Yeah. Is any one of those top six... Maybe even seven teams can win it all. I agree with you. But we've already previewed. We're not gonna we're not gonna go back down that road. Our Biggie's Tournament preview podcast is still available on iTunes. It's been a popping download. Tuesday's episode. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get to listen to it before noon today. After you're done listening to today's. So I guess there's extended listening, EP. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the giant preview on viewbenchmob.com that I wrote. You can also check that out. Kayla Smith has a scouting report for today's quarterfinal match that you can also look at. But enough about breaking down and analyzing the games. I want to take a step back for a moment. I told you I had some news coming into the show. You told me you had some news coming into the show. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to have the little reveal right now. Okay. Well, mine isn't probably news. You've probably seen already because there's just so much buzz surrounding it. But yesterday afternoon, a couple hours before the opening round of the Big East Tournament, the Big East Conference gave away the last few awards that it had left over of the 2016-2017 season. And let me tell you, they said it from probably the first day he set foot on the court that he was going to win it. Then, you know, you throw in a couple guys here and there who might take away from him, might contest him for it, just to make it interesting. As of yesterday, it was official. Josh Hart has been named the Big East Player of the Year. He is the first Wildcat to win it since Ron Archidiakono shared it with Chris Dunn in the 2014-15 season, but he's also the first Wildcat to be an outright winner of the award, following the footsteps of Randy Foy, who did so after the 2005-2006 season. And he's also one of four Biggest Player of the Year recipients that Villanova's ever had. You know, you have Archidiakono, you have Hart, you have Foy, but then you also got Kerry Kittles, the OG in the 90s. I'm surprised none of the 80s guys won him. I feel like, well, I guess, well, Pinkney was with Chris Mullen and Patrick Ewing, so I guess he kind of had a lot of competition. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Kittles in the 90s wouldn't make the most sense. But then again, Kittles was going up against, I think, AI, but I don't know. I was looking back because I wanted to see Scotty Reynolds contend for it or, you know, any one of those guys towards the mm, late 2000s. Nope. I looked at 2008, 2009. You know who won it then? Give me a team. Two teams. UConn yeah. and Pitt. UConn and Pitt. Levance Fields and 
Oh, Hashim Sabit. You're or right Dewan on Blair. Or oh, Dewan you got, yeah, you got them both. Yeah, yeah, right. no, yeah, you did. You, you. I was gonna say, oh, you got one or two, but then you corrected yourself at the very end. Yeah, Dewan Blair and Hashim Sabit. Oh God. Award. Oh boy, man, that's a throwback. Both of them busts. Well, I guess Blair wasn't a bust. He, he actually had no knees. Did you know that? He, he tore both ACLs and he legitimately had no knees by the time he was playing in the NBA. He did have a solid short-lived <laughs> time with the Spurs. Yeah, but you know how Greg Popovich, man, he'll he'll take anyone off the street and make them into like an All NBA like contributor. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I feel like that was more of a product of the Spurs system. I mean, Blair was a great college player, but he was just your typical tweener that really had no idea what he was in the NBA. Not, the, and he kind of got screwed because of it. And then Hashim to be just proved to be a plug in the middle. Seven, what was he like? Seven three, seven six. He was like something yeah. insane and just yeah. did nothing. He did nothing. He was space drunk out there. <laughs> that was terrible. But yeah, Josh Hart is the latest winner. I think it's very well deserved. We we threw out a couple names. We talked about it last time on Tuesday. But I think what set him apart from everyone was not only his individual achievement, but what he also helped lead Villanova to do in capturing that fourth straight Big East regular season title. Yeah, that definitely has something to do with it. Being on a better team, obviously, you're, you have a better chance. It's just the way it goes. I mean, even if you look in pro sports, the MVP is usually on a good team, unless your name is Alex Rodriguez. So that's what happens with that. It makes sense. And I, I, I actually convinced myself by, like, noon yesterday that I was going to see Josh Hart and Angel Delgado split that. And I would have been fine with it. We said it last episode. I would have been fine. We both would have been fine with it. And you even trolled me yesterday morning when you said, Andrew Strabus and Angel Delgado were splitting. I had to check my Twitter timeline, middle of work. I was not proud of it, but I had to do it. Um, but that was that was pretty funny on your part. Congrats to Josh. He deserved it. You can't really say anything more. He was just a dominant player all year. And by far, or not by far, but he was the best player in the Big East. And he, it was well-deserved. Yeah, put up a conference leading 18.7 points per game. Led the Wildcats with 6.5 rebounds per game. One thing that impressed me about Josh Hart was that in each of his four years, he never shot below 50% for a season. Really? Wow, yeah. that's a nice little fact. Wow, that's shocking. Even freshman year, I feel like... Even, yeah, even freshman year. He was pretty bad from beyond the arc that year. But Yeah, his three-point yeah, three shooting <laughs> leaps and bounds since that freshman yeah. season. Yeah, that was pretty bad, but all right, that's awesome. And also, in a way, it's kind of like he went full circle in a way. You know, two years ago, he was the sixth man of the year as a sophomore. Right. And now, here he is. He's the premier guy, the Big East player of the year, mm-hmm. the best guy this conference has to offer. Like you said, there really isn't much to say. His numbers speak for himself and what he's helped the, the team accomplish. It's right. all right there in front of you. Right. I mean, like, you would think that with, like, with this week, we would be going crazy over it and whatever. I mean, we are, but it's hard to, like, get – super excited about this when you kind of knew it was coming and just the way he played and the way he conducted himself he just deserved it like you didn't think it was like a outrageous achievement or anything and I feel like he knows and I feel like a lot of the fans know that while this is a good honor for him he has more in store you know he wants to win MOP of the NCAA tournament so there's bigger and better things ahead of him I feel like if this award was announced on Monday where there was nothing going on, I'd be a lot more hyped on it. Yeah. But it came out literally a couple hours before the Big East tournament. We're talking about it today. There's about to be a game played at noon. You know, I, I want to celebrate it. Like, I am hyped over it. But then it's like... You got to get to business. Got to back to business. You got to get to business. It's win or go home. 
for the Big East tournament. You want to win that title. Big East player of the year, but I'm sure he'd like to be the tournament MVP holding up two trophies. I agree. Some even say that he should have been the MOP last year, but we're not going to get into that. Oh, I would say he was definitely the MOP last year of the NCAA Final Four, but that's none of my business. We're just going to let that one simmer. Three more awards for you. Yes. None of them involve Villanova's people, but you know, how about you give me a little reaction for, for each? Holtman getting coach of the year. I was happy for him, actually, and I think he deserved it over Jay Wright. Maybe you could have split it with him and Cooley because I feel like when you coach, when your team is picked to finish ninth in the Big East and then they finish third, I feel like there's some reason behind that, and it's probably the coach. So that, I mean, I was a little upset about, but Holtman completely deserved it. Butler was not supposed to be this good and beat Villanova twice and finish second do a bunch of great things in the regular season other than losing to Indiana State at Hinkle. But he was the right guy for that. You could totally make a case for them splitting it. You know, I don't see why not. They both took rosters that looked like they were going to be nothing going into this year, and then they turned them into way more than something. And I know we mentioned last episode that we hate splitting, but I feel like if there was one instance, I feel like this could have been it. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's, that's all said and done, but I do yeah. like the pick here with Holtman. You know, it could have been Holtman or Cooley or a split. I would have been – felt like either of them deserved it, really. Yeah, I agree. Who votes on Coach of the Year, though, for the Big East? Is it the coaches? It's, it is the coaches, and you can't vote for yourself. Right. So I guess I guess they can't really – Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Cooley and Holtman voted for each other. Yeah, so I guess there goes that. I don't know. I wish they would release the voting on that. It would, yeah, wouldn't it be interesting to see how they came up with some of these choices? Yeah, it'd be cool to see the transparency and how each coach thinks. I would have loved to have seen the uh, Arch and Chris Dunn player of the year vote. That would have been fun. And then, then you know which coach is thinking what. You, you know which coach wants the Arch type of guy or the Chris Dunn type of guy. Flash and substance or, or intangibles and grit. No, you said it. You said it. Let's move on. Big East Rookie of the Year went to Justin Patton at Creighton. Okay, that's fine with me. I, w- I would have voted for Marcus Howard personally just because his numbers are absurd. But Justin Patton playing the way he did against some big boys in the Big East, was, uh, you, you can't overlook that. I personally would have voted Shamori Ponds. But Patton being the only freshman to make either an all-Big East first team or second team this year was kind of a giveaway as to where the conference was going. Right. But I, th- I think he deserves it. You know, he's been a great seven-foot guy who came out of nowhere and blew up on the scene. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He definitely deserves it. I feel like with this situation, it was kind of like you had the three contenders, Pons, Pat, and Howard. Then you'd ask the coaches to rank them, and I bet you Patton was like two across the board. <laughs> and then like Shamori, Pons, and Marcus Howard basically rotating one and three, but maybe like Shamori, Pons with four on some other lists and Howard on four, and that would just bump Patton up. I feel like the, Howard and Pons were like more volatile ballot-wise, and then just since Patton was consistent across the board, he got it. The Big East Scholar Athlete of the Year Award went to none other than oh, really? Billy Garrett <laughs> Jr. from DePaul. We're actually going to talk about this. <laughs> is that your reaction to Billy Garrett Jr. winning another esteemed award? Two awards now for this guy. His, his second lifetime achievement award this year. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Billy. I think he's won more accolades than any other DePaul men's basketball athlete in the last five years. Uh, yeah. When was, when was the last time Wilson Chandler played basketball at DePaul? 2002? Yeah, that, yeah it's been a while. Since 1965? Yeah, stop. 
Congrats to Billy. Yeah, congrats. So that's my bit of news. What is your bit of news? My bit of news. So I was listening to a podcast called Puck Soup. I don't know if you heard of it. It's basically, it's two guys, Greg Wyshynski of Puck Daddy over at Yahoo Sports and Dave Lozo. He's, he writes for a bunch of websites like Uproxx, Vice Sports, two funny dudes. And then they talk about hockey. It's a hockey centric podcast, but then they like throw in like a bunch of like movies and other random stuff. It's, it's all pretty funny. But Dave Lozo brought up like a, it was an old podcast episode, real old. And he brought up the World Cup of Hockey that happened back in September. And he ran a simulation with Canada's B team. So like all the guys who obviously weren't on the A team, B team, and put them up against, put them in the World Cup instead of the A team and see if they would win. What I'm getting at here is he did this on a simulation called What If Sports. It's a website. You can do baseball, basketball, hockey, football, college basketball, and college football. And you can run simulations of teams of the past against the current cross teams. Like So you can do the New Jersey Devils of 2015-16 against the New Jersey Devils of 1994. It's that type of thing. I went to the website and I decided to run a few simulations of my own going up with the Villanova Wildcats. I did like an own little mini bracket. So there was four teams of interest I wanted. 15-16 team that just won the national championship. The 08-09 team that made the final four. The 05-06 team, which I feel like was the best Jay Wright team ever assembled. And the 1984-1985 National Championship team. They did not have the 1971 team on there. The record's going to go that far back. So I ranked them. I put the 15-16 team against the 08-09 team. And then I put the 05-06 team against the 84-85 team. And at the end of it all, the team that won (laughs) was the 05-06 team as they beat the 15-16 team in a best-of-seven game, uh, game series in uh, five games. That sounds like pretty interesting stuff. Oh, it was, it was a blast. I, I wanted to do, like, a large sample. Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, seven, seven games, and then there's, your, there's it. That's the definitive answer. No, I don't, I don't think that. You can only do, like, one game at a time, So I, and I didn't really want to, like, waste my life doing this. So I just did a quick seven-game series for each, and, uh, that, yeah, that's how it happened. How in depth does this website go? I'm I'm looking at the the site right now. I I don't have anything set up, but you just hit a button. Oh, I want the 0506 team versus the Villanova 1415. Can I get other teams involved? Can I get you know? Can I look at other past schools or present schools? Oh yeah, yeah. You can pick. They they have pretty much every college on here. Yeah, they have every college listed alphabetically from Abilene Christian to Youngstown State. So, yes, you can pretty much get every Division One college team that has played Division One college basketball in the past, I don't know how many years. Some schools obviously have more data than others. So, LIU Brooklyn, you're only getting up until 2005-2006, while some other teams you have historic teams, like Michigan goes back to 88-89, just for a reference there. So, you can do that for any school Pretty much any year. I mean, think about, like, for, like, Michigan State, they have, like, the 74-75 team with Magic Johnson, Indiana State with Larry Bird. So, like, you can do, like, Magic Johnson, the Spartans against Ryan Archidiakono's Wildcats if you wanted to simulate as many games as you want and have fun with that. You can pit 
the 14-15 Kentucky Wildcats against the 19... Doug McDermott's Creighton Blue Jays. You can just do whatever you want. Have fun with it. You can set it to... I always set it to a neutral site just to get the best barometer for everything. You can, you can do it at a home game, too, if you want to try to make it uneven. And you can even select dream teams, which is a pretty cool feature. You can create your own team. So if you want to create Villanova's dream squad of the 12 best Villanova players you've ever witnessed, you can do that, too, and pit them up against Kentucky's Wildcats from two years ago. You can do whatever you want. I just read a simulation. Okay. And you know what's cool about this? Not well, only do they have all the accurate rosters, like it's not like NCAA video games where they give you a point guard number 15. Yeah. <laughs> or they give you randomized fake names. Right. Thanks, Ed O'Bannon. So they actually have all, you know, all the rosters named the right way. Everything is from the depth chart. Everything is accurate. But they also, when you do a simulation, you can get a theoretical box score of how this game went, including a play-by-play. <laughs> and this box score, you would think that you're looking at like an ESPN box score. This is fully complete. I don't know how they come up with this, but this is really cool. They got, yeah, they got the play-by-play. You know what simulation I just ran, Chris? What'd you just run? NC State 2014-15 versus Villanova 14-15. Oh, no. And? Uh, Villanova lost game one. Uh, of course they did. But they came back to sweep them. But, Eugene, the NCAA tournament is not a seven-game series. You're right. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and that's the problem with this. <laughs> but yeah, in addition to the box scores, you can also go in and set the lineups yourself. So if you want the bench mob starting for whatever potential game you have them up going, <laughs> uh, going for, you can go and do that as well. You can have them play in all uh, 40 minutes if you like. You just gave me an idea, so I did that. I ran the 2015-16 <laughs> bench mob modified starting lineup that includes Henry Lowe, Pat Farrell, Kevin Rafferty, the two remaining starters, the actual actual remaining starters are Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins, and they went up against the 08-09 Final Four team. And you know what I found, Chris? What did you find, Eugene? So the 08-09 team won the first game. The bench mob modified team won the second game. By three, mm-hmm. Henry Lowe dropped 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened for the rest of this hypothetical seven-game series? What, what happened? The 8 team woke up, and they blew out Villanova for the last three. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hmm. You know, doing these simulations, it, it, it's pretty interesting because you think of that 84-85 team as, like, such like a great team and – they are a great team in like retrospect, but statistically, they really weren't that good. So, like when you're putting them up against like even like the 0809 team, which I thought was the worst team of the four, they're blowing them out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I guess at the end of the day, what the '85 team did was magical and it was historic and it was definitely amazing to watch. The original Cinderellas. Mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they weren't 18 for a reason. They just happened to play their best six games of their lives. Right, man, exactly. That That is that is true. Looking at also, they have all the other sports too, all the other major sports, which is cool. It's great. So I just ran the 95-96 Bulls. 
on the road at the Miami Heat 13-14 squad, which was their peak of the Heatles era, mm-hmm. Jordan and the Bulls swept them in four games. Really? Just a flat-out sweep? They don't have the luxury of a neutral court game, so I just had it that the Bulls were on the road and they just destroyed the Heat for all four games. Wow. One of the, Two of them were close, though. Oh, okay, that's nice. I just while you were doing that, I just reran the uh, '85 championship game. Uh, Georgetown swept Villanova in four, so you can just appreciate how magic, <laughs> magical that game was. Oh yeah, everyone everyone knew how magical that game was. Just not Patrick Ewing. Don't ask him about it. <laughs> yeah, he's repressed it from his memory. And also, I want to bring up this is this is more of just a my infatuation with the 0506 team and the fact that they won is no surprise to me that team was a Curtis Sumter ACL away and a Florida avoiding Florida game away from winning that championship relatively easily i think they could have like steamrolled the entire tournament with that by the time that elite eight game rolled around against Florida in 0506 they had no legs left so what if sports.com go check it out. It is a fun time. Yeah, definitely check it out or check it out while, while we hop off the hypothetical highway, because this is just too addicting. Mm-hmm. I, I must, I ran so many simulations in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun, but I want to turn our attention now to something, something that isn't fantasy and something that is more real and more present. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking on the time machine, Mm-hmm. We have a game that apparently was moved up to eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand why or if it's if that's true or not. But <laughs> we, we have conflicting sources right now. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Just tell us the time. Like I don't understand why you got to make such a big spectacle out of it. What's the extra half hour going to do? What's it going to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you change all the other start times. As of Saturday, it was 12 p.m. noon, which is the traditional start time. Right. But then yesterday at Fox Sports 1, as I was watching the opening round games, they're showing the bracket. And it wasn't just one time. It was multiple times. They were just like, oh, here's a look at the bracket. But one thing I noticed, the start time was moved up to 11.30 a.m. instead of noon. I don't know when it is, but I can guarantee you <laughs> that we'll be at work and – I'm going to have to sneak Fox Sports Go or something on my computer. I don't even know if they can check my screen, but yeah. Yeah, we got. I got to get on that. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got to figure out how to make that work. But I don't understand. Well, do they know the game's going to go to overtime or something? Is that why? Is, is like, this game going to have to go to overtime now? Chill, 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 chill. What? 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 Too big of a conspiracy theory for you? No, I don't, I don't want to even think of the game going to overtime. Even if they win, I'd still be sad. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, obviously, but like I get a little suspicious when you see something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they wanted to give the people who are working the fine, esteemed Big East tournament a little lunch break. No, that makes no sense. No, that's not why. There's some, there's some underlying money reason to this. They're, they would never do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Money talks. Who cares about the people? It's all about the cash. Yeah. It has to be something with commercials. I don't you're know. You're right. You're I don't right. know. And you're sure that's not like the the coverage start time? Like, no, that is that is tip-off. That is tip-off. It's so ridiculous. Just uh, and like on the Biggie's website, it still says 12. Like, what is it? Just, just oh. All I got to say is you'll definitely 
whether it's eleven thirty or twelve o'clock, I don't even know anymore. I've heard so many conflicting things since I like saw this potential start time change. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna go with the game will either be at eleven thirty. If it's on eleven thirty, I will sneak it. But if not, I will come back at twelve, which will be my lunch hour, mm. and I'll get to watch some of it. And the rest will have to be on radio or something. Okay. Coming up to finally begin the Big East tournament quarterfinals. Matinee, Villanova will take on the hometown team in their own home arena, the St. John's Red Storm. Chris, we've seen this team twice now. First time was a little scary at the Garden. Villanova did not shoot the ball well. Mm -hmm. Second time, Villanova did a lot better. Third time, well, we're about to find out. In in a few hours. Mm Mm-hmm. This game concerns me a little bit, just a little bit, just because it's at MSG with St. John's. I don't think we've ever played St. John's in the postseason in like recent memory at MSG. Like, not that I don't remember ever playing them in the Big East tournament. Do you? I don't. You know, I can't think of a time. Uh, since realignment, all I know is we've faced Providence probably the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In that one-four matchup, but yeah, so I mean, a little bit concerning. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they should have any problem with this. I mean, Shimori Pond's a great player, but he, he, he can only do so much. The rest of the St. John's, it's very, very iffy. They can't really score the ball that well outside of Pond's and his uh, other freshman partner. So, it, I mean, we've previewed them so many times. Like, we know what they're all about. So, I mean, it is what it is. You get what 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 they'll give you. It's it's St. John's. Don't lose. This this team will be a lot more scarier in the next few years. Yes. I mean, right now that backcourt is you, know, you just have a pair of freshmen, but they're not playing like freshmen. Jamori Pons, Marcus Lavette, they've been tearing it up all season long. They were both named to the All Rookie Team. St. John's. It's weird because. In a way, this is technically a home game for them. It's at MSG, like you can say whatever you want, like, oh, this is supposed to be neutral, or, oh, there'll be other fans there. But, you know, this is your home arena. They they were a little cold last night. I'll give you that against Georgetown. Don't know what was up with that. But this is still, a, you know, this is a pretty good team. They looked outright terrible for a while. <laughs> they made a little bit of a stand. You know, instead of a, a two-win Big East team, they improved to seven wins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty solid. Yeah. And also, one thing to note, they have a lot of front court size. They got Kasum Yakwe. They have Tariq Owens. Those guys are the two best shot blockers in the conference. Mm-hmm. But as big as they may be, they are absolutely terrible at rebounding. God, I don't even I don't even know what the problem is with this team, but they just struggle to rebound. They can have like a you can give them a two foot size advantage over their opponents, <laughs> and they'll still find a way to lose. And we've seen that in both the Villanova games. Villanova just rebounded better as a team. Like, sure, you can have the bigger guys, like that's fine. But we're gonna have three guys crash the board. We're gonna have four guys crash the board, or two guys box out while two other guys crash the board. Like it's a team rebounding effort, and. They'll give loads of offensive rebounds away, which, you know, if you're Villanova, that's probably the last team you want to give second chance points to. Mm-hmm. And just 
you know, even aside from Villanova, they've just struggled with rebounding. This is a team that's pretty streaky. They can be hot one moment, or they can be downright cold for a while. They got a lot of front court size, but right now I just don't see Villanova losing or sustaining a shocker in the quarterfinals. Right. Damn, dude. I mean, your assessment's spot on. I mean, in addition to like not being able to rebound, those guys in the front court, they really can't score that well either. They're very – I don't know. They don't really have a post move from what I've seen. No. No, they, they have zero. They're, they're Chris Obekbas. So they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Chris Obekbas. I'm just here for the <laughs> blocks, which is weird because it's like, oh, I get two plays where I get the crowd to go crazy or I end up on like Fox Sports 1 top 10 plays, right. and then I do nothing for the next 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, – man, imagine if they can actually get a big guy who could score. I, they'll get one eventually. I mean, Chris, Mullen's doing it heck of a job there already just turning that team around from literally guys off the street to actually you know something competent but my one concern is and it showed up a little bit last year against Georgetown in the first round of the Big East tournament they got off to a slow start I'm afraid that you know St. John's played last night so they'll have the legs under them but the slow start you're afraid that if you let if you let them hang around especially when they're, this is technically a home game for them. That could be a little precarious. Saw it last year against Georgetown. You, hung, they let, you let them hang around, and then I think it was a Josh Hart like three-point play at the end, or it was a Chris Jenkins three. Something big happened at the end of the first half, and that kind of like put uh, what was the last straw that broke the camel's back for Georgetown. But they hung around, and this team is notorious for starting off slow after long layoffs. So this is kind of a long layoff. I know they played on Saturday. I mean, it's not that big of a time gap, but you don't know, especially with St. John's playing last night. You just don't know. And I'm afraid that if they do start off slow, St. John's will hang around and then we're sweat. We're pulling our hair out at work, come to a clock <laughs> because Jamari Pons has the ball in his hands. Down one, what a chance to win the game. That sounds familiar. It should because Sterling Gibbs did the same thing, and then Seton Hall ended up winning a few years ago. And guess what? In that game, started off slow. In addition to not making free throws, thank you, Javon Pinkston. So that's my only concern for this game. So if they get off to a fast start, I really think there shouldn't be any issue. And even if they do get off to a slow start, honestly, I think they should put this game away by the middle of the second half. Coaches at any level of the game, or even just any other sport, really, they'll tell you. The same thing. If you're, you know, if they're a really good team, the last thing you want to do is give an underdog a reason to believe. You let them hang around in the beginning, or you let them realize, wow, we can hang with these guys, or you know, we can take them. If you give them a reason to build their confidence up, it's good. They're gonna they're gonna play you really tough until you give them a reason to not believe. You know, you see it with Villanova; they get off to these slow starts, and an opposing team that they should, on paper, be blowing out of the water to begin with. Is hanging around tough with them, but then all of a sudden Villanova just gets on a run, or they, you know, they turn it on. Whether it might have been a few minutes later than they would have liked, and then they get off to a big run. Second half starts, and because now they're up by double digits, they just pour it on, and the other team's out of it. You saw it with Seton Hall a few years ago. You saw it with NC State a few years ago, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You've seen it with Butler. 
Yes. Twice. Twice. Marquette, that wasn't so much a problem of starting out slow as a problem of closing out a game. Right. You let them, you know, you were leading by like 15, <laughs> and all of a sudden you let them back into the game. You start going cold. You start panicking a little bit. They see you're panicking. They capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought it up. Slow starts is, is definitely an issue that this team has had once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. just getting that problem, jump-starting the car. But mm-hmm. I, I really don't think Villanova will lose in a couple hours. But a slow start, a, co- a slow start, combine that with a cold shooting night where literally nothing's going in, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some problems. But I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen either. One or the other. We'll either yeah, we'll either have a slow start and then finish strong or we'll just go cold at the end. But it doesn't matter because we'll just have such a big lead. <laughs> so that's, that's that's all you can hope for. Big East tournament. Things East happen. Tournament. Magic happens. happens. Six overtime games happen. Oh yeah. Remember that? <laughs> was that five or four? Whatever it was. I mean It was six. It was, it six. was six. That's what I thought. It was six. Must have been terrible to be on the losing end. I know. Yeah, imagine. I mean, I, I, I would say I would, I would even vouch that it was actually worse to win that game because then you had to play the next night on <laughs> yeah, dead legs. Final, like, <laughs> yeah, they played West Syracuse played West Virginia the next night, and that game went to overtime. So they played seven overtimes in two nights, and then they won that one, and then went to the final against Louisville, and then promptly got dismissed. But I mean. By tournament time, you you were running on fumes. The sad part is the Big East still hasn't learned its lesson with a game potentially going to overtime. And they're like, oh, we'll still keep that 9.30 start time. Sorry, Creighton. Sorry, Providence. Still going to <laughs> overtime. We won't have this problem. All right. <laughs> yeah, you got to feel bad for the Butler fans. God. And it seems like every year they get the 9.30 game too. Just because they're the two seed. <laughs> or, or, the, or the seven. This is the way it is. We're not going to – you know, we've already broken down how we think this tournament's going to go. Well, actually, you know, I've had the chance to change my mind. I know on the air on Tuesday I said Marquette was going to win and upset Villanova in the semis. But after further diving into the numbers, diving into the stats, researching, going back and forth on a couple toss-ups, I've completely changed my mind. And that's been put on wax in my Big East preview. Mm-hmm. But, Chris, yes. you haven't had a chance – to refine your thinking, do you still stick with what you said on Tuesday, or are you changing around a little bit? Are you going to modify a little bit? You know, just for everyone out there who didn't listen, Chris has Butler winning it all. Providence, it'll be Butler Providence in one side of the bracket, and it'll be Villanova Marquette in the other side of the bracket for the semis. Marquette upsets Villanova to move on to the finals, where Butler will beat them en route to the Bulldogs' first-ever Big East tournament title. Do you still stand by that, or are you going to change it up a little bit? I got the Paul winning the whole thing now. Yeah, no. No, I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sticking by what I said. I I guess it's kind of cheap to say, oh, yeah, Mark, I think Marquette's going to beat my favorite team and then hope that my favorite team wins, and my prediction's BS anyway, so who cares? I got I got the big thing out of it a win and if Marquette wins, then I'm right on the prediction. So, hooray. But I, I, I do think that Butler is ultimately going to win it. It's just a matter of how, who they play and who, who, yeah, who they play on both sides of the bracket. 
maybe they beat. I, I, the thing is, though, if Villanova gets that championship game, I don't understand. I don't know how Butler could beat Villanova three times in a year. I feel like when two teams, two good teams, go up against each other, I think it's damn near impossible for one team to sweep the other team three times. I mean, obviously, if you have like a Villanova type team against St. John's, I mean, I feel like that's pretty obvious. I mean, you you can a better team's obviously going to beat a worse team three times. That's fine. So I, so that's the only like predicament I'm in. So I'm guessing by picking Marquette over Villanova, I'm kind of giving the tournament to Butler by default. So yeah, that's I'm going to stick by it. There you have it. Chris, will you be at the Big East tournament? Did you say you're going to be at the Big East tournament this year? If Villanova makes the finals, yes, I will most likely be going on Saturday. I would have loved to have gone Friday if Villanova beats if Villanova wins their uh, quarterfinal game uh, and if Marquette won their quarterfinal game because would have gone with my Marquette buddy. It would have been a great time. But that game's at 6.30. Can't get out of work and into the city by 6.30. That's, that's impossible. So, unfortunately, I will not be at the semifinals, but I will try to be at the finals hoping for some uh, good results, though. I'll be at the semis. I'll be at both games as a fan. First time in, God, yeah, two years, three years. It's been a while for you. I'm, I kind of want to, <laughs> I kind of want to go just to see you be a fan again. <laughs> I haven't seen you in that element. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, the you know St. John's game, that St. John's game, I don't, I don't even count it because it wasn't even the Pavilion, so it didn't even feel like a home game. And let's be honest, that was a, uh, I consumed a. Few too many adult beverages. We we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know which. It was one degree. It was one degree outside. Come on. It, it was cold. That's that's what we meant. Obviously, we were frozen to the point of this uh, disillusionment. Uh, yeah. One friend fell asleep. How do you fall asleep at a basketball game? That's embarrassing. At least I didn't do that. Two friends fell asleep at the game. Oh, Jesus, I don't know if you remember right. the one behind us. You're right. <laughs> they won't be named. <laughs> just to say, to spare them from public shame. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and if uh, I think didn't one of our friends go viral on Snapchat because uh, someone oh. stacked cans on him? Yes, yes. So anyone out was listening to this, if you ever seen, there's, yeah, you have a couple hints. You have a couple hints. Yeah, there, there you go. He was associated with us, but I'll be there at the semis. I'll be there in the finals. Kayla Smith will be covering the whole tournament for us, so keep an eye out for her coverage. On our website and on Twitter. That's all the time we have for today. Please enjoy the Big East tournament. Quarterfinals. I don't know if you're at work. I don't know if you're going to play hooky. I don't know if you're going to watch it during your lunch break. I don't know if you're going to sneak on Fox Sports Go. I don't know if you're going to stream it on your phone. I don't know what your plan is, but I hope you get to catch this quarterfinal game. And enjoy the rest of the games, too. I think this will be a great tournament to watch. Yes. And it's definitely going to be really exciting. A lot of toss-ups, a lot of really tightly contested games. Teams going in, like we said before, any one of six teams off the top of my head can win this tournament. I would not be surprised. Enjoy the tournament. Check us out at viewbenchmob.com. Thank you so much for listening and to subscribing to State of the Nova Nation, whether you do so on iTunes or on Podomatic. Follow us on Twitter at viewbenchmob. Or you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 And you can follow me, Chris Stanziel, at the Stansman on Twitter.
Nova Nation, happy Thursday. A lot of you are on spring break, so maybe I'll see a bunch of you in a few hours on TV or on the stream. But I'm expecting and hoping to see a lot of you packing, rocking the house. <laughs>